The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you, Ajay? I am spicy. How are you? You are spicy. You're like... Zesty ball of spice. I had great conversations with our interns today. Gabby the intern, Adam the intern. We really got in-depth conversations on our lives. Really? Yeah. They found out things about me that I've never shared with people. I found out things about them that I never shared with people. It was awesome. And then I did some studying in between. And we listened to some really good music. And somehow Rod just kept working away and didn't say a word. It was amazing. I don't know how Rod does it. He's just zoned in. He's uh, zoned in on his job. Yes, he dials it in. I have so many papers here. Why do I have? He'll have, uh, we'll have crazy conversations going on, and he's like right there. Oh, the dude. feet of us. Yeah, we're throwing stuff at and each he other. He doesn't through, even budge. Like he's getting his work done. And that'll chuck it right at the back of his head and hit him, and he doesn't even move. <laughs> It's amazing. It really is. A focus on that guy. It's better than my focus. Like, especially when the interns come in, I'm just, I'm not focused. I want to chat with them, get to know them. How are they doing? How was their day? What can I do for them? When when are you focused? Oh, dude, I'd like to know when that is. This is all me. All me. I did all of this. So you tell me when I'm focused, huh? 100% you know you focused. have some interns here in the room who actually did that work? Okay, you know, I... Helped him get to that page to find that thing to push click and print. All right. So here's what we're going to do today. Uh, Utah State had a victory on the road at Ugly Wyoming. victory. Yeah. Especially the first half. Yeah. That was a uh, – I thought I was bad at basketball, and then I watched him play. And I realized I'm not that bad. Utah Jazz are in action tonight. They're on the road at San Antonio. Chalk it up with another loss. I disagree. I think this is they a good They lost to a team to without Westbrook and Harden yeah, at home. they'll be better today. So now they're going to San Antonio – they better be better. What are you, the parents? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Spank them? Yes. Call them out. So, yeah, we're going to look at that. Uh, Roger Goodell had his press conference today ahead of the Super Bowl. He had some interesting things to say. I don't know if you got to see some of those. We'll Good. Hear, what a freaking loser. We'll hear from him. Look, there's there's three people he that I do not like. He talked about your beloved team. I, there's the three people I do not like on this planet, okay? Elmo. All right, uh, that one lady who uh, who sings uh, "It's Friday, Friday, gotta get back on Friday." That lady and Roger Goodell; those are the three people I most dislike. Why don't you like Elmo? What's wrong with Elmo? Dude, Elmo has a lot of things wrong with him. Okay, he's innocent. He's little, happy. The little uh, the the GIF video. What is it? Is it a GIF video? What's that video? Like what little video? Like where? G Jeff. Anyways, we're almost sticking his arms up in the air and there's fire behind him. I see that video all the time now everywhere I go. I haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't seen it? No. He that sounds like, awesome. Yeah, like his hair sticking up, his arms are sticking up, and he's got his freaking ugly eyeballs sticking in the air with fire behind him. I, I can't stand Elmo. He took over. Look, I was always uh what's that uh character on Sesame Street that comes out that lives in the garbage can? Oscar? Yes. I 
Oscar was doing great things for that show, and he was a worldwide sensation. I, I could see how you and Oscar would. And then they cut from the same cloth. This freaking cloth of a puppet with red hair and big beady eyes, and they he is all of a sudden the face of Sesame Street. Not Big Bird, not Bert, not Ernie, not Oscar the Grouch, not Cookie Monster, but this little annoying voice, Elmo. Yeah, he really took over, didn't he? Oh, dude, ruined the show. That show went downstream immediately. Question is, why were you still watching? What, Sesame Street? El- yeah. Uh, Elmo didn't come onto the scene until you were like well past the age when you would normally be watching Sesame Street. You know what, Eric? What I do in my own time outside of this work building is none of your dang business. I guess it's better than some other Especially from what I did 20 years ago. I was a big Sesame Street fan for quite some time. A, it was funny. B, it was educational. I learned a lot of things about the planet Earth because of Sesame Street. Blue's Clues was another great show back in the day. Um, Dora the Explorer is not that good. Seasons one and two were horrible. What? Did it get better? Uh, season three was better, but I gave up by then. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. I'll never... As long as she never asked for the map, I was okay with Dora the Explorer. Really? As soon as the map came out, I couldn't stand his little song. You couldn't... We mean his? You mean her? No, the map. The map would sing a song when it came out. Was that in season three? <laughs> I don't know. We're... We're so off topic. Oh, and then I was looking at boots today. And I'm thinking I might go shopping for some boots. Gabby the intern's going to take me. (laughs) Boots? That was her little buddy, right? The monkey. His name was Boots. And Dora the Explorer. Are you making that up? That's season... That's got to be season three. Because season one and two, I don't remember boots. Anyway, Gabby Booth is going to be taking me shopping for some bootage. What? Wait, for some boots. That that, <laughs> that, ca- that, came that out really bad. doesn't no, sound like wait, an appropriate I, use I'm of our shopping, interns. But no, I'm going shopping for boots. I think I might need to make a report to HR. <laughs> I don't think we have an HR, but I'm going to make a report. Someone needs to know what Ajay is planning with our interns. No, I said that boots. Is, I said boots. I said boots. So don't somehow this is really taking a wrong turn. Every time I try to bring it back, it keeps going deeper. I said boots. Don't misconstrued what I say. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hey, Major League Baseball. There's two big things coming out of Major League Baseball today, AJ. Okay, give me one. One is that the Major League Baseball has upheld the Cubs. And uh, with what they're doing, hey, what they what did with ab- Chris Bryant, yeah, what is denied that his arbitration. Basically, which I don't really know why. I mean, the Cubs followed the letter of the law. They brought him up from their minor league team to the major leagues at a specific date to basically give them an extra year on his contract. If he came up right at the start of the season, he would have become a free agent a year earlier. But the Cubs waited until this deadline passed, and then the next day signed him and brought him up. Pretty common practice. But Chris Bryant still tried to say, hey, look, I 
I've had X number of years. I should be able to free agent be a free agent earlier. And Major League Baseball said, no, according to the rules, according to everything that's done here, the Cubs are in the right. So he's got an extra two years on his contract, which I, I think makes him significant trade bait for the Chicago Cubs. Do you like them trading Chris Bryant? I would prefer that they keep Chris Bryant, personally. That I, would I like be, Chris Bryant. That's like a logical decision, isn't it? But at the same time, if he's going to leave, and they know he's going to leave. Where would he go? Get some valuable pieces. Where out. is he going to go? I don't know. He can go to a lot of different places. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about contract. We're talking about money. We're talking about fit. I mean, a lot of if he he's still to relatively go to a contender, cheap for his skill level. Yeah, but if, if he wants to go to a contender and start at third base, there it's it's very limited right now. Astros, Yankees, Red Sox, Braves all got really solid third baseman. Dodgers have an up and coming kid coming from AAA who's really really good. Hit very well last year. He was actually the leading hitter on the Dodgers and leading slugging percentage too, out of Triple and Double A. He was really good. So you're asking. To find a contender that will be able to allow you to come in with, I, I know it's a quote unquote cheap salary, but I, dude, I don't, I don't see him going to a contender. And I hope that the Cubs get the right package for him because he's extremely talented. That's, that's insane that he would leave. Hindsight's always 2020, right? So if you're the Cubs organization, would you have brought him up quicker? He was playing great, he was knocking the socks off of everybody in, in uh, the minor leagues, and they knew he was going to be a great asset to their team. But they played the game. If he, uh, if they signed him before this deadline, they would have lost years with him. They wouldn't have been able to sign him to a longer term. So the Cubs played a longer game and tried to maximize their value with an up-and-coming prospect. But in the process, you... They they kind of forced Chris Bryant to swallow a sour pill. Every player's been through it, man. Mike Trout went through that. He didn't say a dang word. So what? Because Chris Bryant thinks he's the best player at his position in the league? He should get a special privilege? Like it, This is common. As you said, it's common practice. So Chris Bryant needs to swallow a sour pill and just be a man. It's, it's business. It's baseball. It's how it works. By the way, how much is Chris Bryant getting paid? I don't know the terms of his deal right now. I gotta look it up. Okay, well, while while you're googling that, uh, I the money he's making. Good, gosh, Dora. All right, so the money that he's making currently at this time for his position, can I speak bluntly? Great, he's overpaid. Uh, he's gonna earn. 18, about $18.5 million next year. Oh, my good gosh. Yeah, he's overpaid. His, his hitting percentage went down. He struggled last year. Adam, the intern, who is about as talented at baseball as you are, opposite-handed, uh, should get paid more than he does. So he is under contract for the 2020 season. 21 is in arbitration. So make him 22 as a free agent. Uh, arbitration year four. And then 2022, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Free agent. Yeah. Now by 22, things can change. But here's the problem. Angels spent 300 something million on Mike Trout. They're bankrupt. 
Uh, Phillies spent three hundred something million on Bryce Harper. They're bankrupt and they're stupid. Uh, Astros. Well, I guess Astros are got to pick up the pieces from what they're going through right now, and that's that's a whole different crap show. I'm I, what I'm doing is I'm going through contenders or possible contenders in the future that he might want to go play for. Look, a guy like him doesn't want to go and play for the Detroit Tigers and go. 30 and 120 something in a in a baseball season. He wants to go play for a team that has a chance of winning a championship. But again, all those teams are locked up with a talented first baseman as it is. So he's going to go there, ride the pine, not play, maybe play as a DH, but he sucks at hitting. So then he becomes a worthless bat. suck at hitting. Look at his numbers from last year between the year before. Well, they were off, but it doesn't mean he sucks at hitting. Are you did you not see the pitches he was swinging at? Look at their strikeout ratio to pitches that were a breaking ball. Tim Kirkerton did a study on this, by the way. Look at the pitches that he struck out on on a breaking ball. And look at the pitches that he struck out on in the dirt on a breaking ball. Not good. Okay? The guy's playing cricket. Wrong sport, bro. We're in America. You need to give him a paddle if he wants to hit that. I, he just became an impatient, undisciplined baseball hitter. Now, back in that old fit, what, the 2015, is that right, when you guys won the World Series? Mm-hmm. He was one of the 16. best. Excuse me, 16. It was a 16? Yeah. I mean, just One patient. year off from what back he in the future predicted. He made pitchers. In fact, he was third in the NL in the playoffs in pitches taken. He was able to work counts up because he was patient and he was disciplined. He didn't go chase for pitches to try to put it out of the park. Everything he was doing, because in the lineup that he was in, he had one job. Put the ball in play. And he was a patient, very good hitter. Then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, he gets this oversized ego where he thinks he can hit anything and everything, and then he's swinging at anything and everything. And like I said, he needed a garden host to even reach some of the pitches he was whacking at. Well, it wasn't even close. Chris Bryant can be a good baseball player, but mentally... He thinks he's better than what he really is, and the and the money's getting paid. Cecil, eighteen million. Oh, well, he earned uh, just a little under thirteen last year. It goes up to over eighteen and a half this year. How much are we making? I just I was, I was curious. Sorry, yeah. random. Uh, hey, Nothing by the close to that. other piece of news that you didn't mention, I'm glad you brought that up though. Chris Bryant, Dusty Baker has agreed to a two year deal to be the new manager of the Houston Astros. Baker, who is 70 freaking years old. Dude, stop. Retire. Go to the beach. Okay. I uh, saw this on social media. Did the Astros announce the hire by banging in a trash can? Okay. That it was coming up? Okay. Didn't. Great. Good for you. Please stage right. Loser. Uh, having last managed the Washington Nationals in 17th, he now ranks 15th among all-time wins with a uh, 1,863 record and one thousand and. 636 record over 22 seasons, which, by the way, includes the National League pennant with the San Francisco Giants in 02, which they lost in seven games to the Anaheim Angels in a bitter World Series. A World Series where Dusty Baker actually kind of cost him that World Series, if you ask me. Uh, here's the problem with this. Baker, 70. Uh, you need, I mean, he's going to be rolling into the dugout with a wheelchair and an oxygen tank by game 100. Oh, come on. Dude, he's old. Like, I mean, come on. Guy's going to have a stroke on the first pitch he argues. He I'm, becomes the third manager, Major League Baseball history, 
to be hired at the age of 70 or older. Casey Stengel was 71 when he was hired by the Mets back in 1962. Yeah, that was a bad hire. Jack McEwen, McCowan, McKeon, he was Nailed 80 it. when he was hired by the he Twins. He was 80? He was 80 years old. Oh, my old, gosh. Hired by the Twins in 2011. Uh, what inning is it? Uh, we're, in, we're in the eighth. Okay. What's the school? I mean, like, dude, the guy, 80? But here's the thing with the with Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. Look where he he's taken a lot of different clubs to the postseason. That's true. And if he takes the Astros there, I think this he'd be he'd set a record for being a manager and taking teams to the postseason. Just make sure you find something other than drums be his and cameras fifth. to get you through. <laughs> Dude, they cheated. And it makes me mad. And why does Dusty Baker want anything to do with that? Be better. He walks into a situation that's already still built to play well. No, dude. A, a There's still the odds on favor. Which has a lot of scrutiny on its hands, and he's going to have to deal with that every single day. Yeah. So, Dusty, last year in the World Series when you cheated, uh, wasn't managing. Yeah, but you are now, so you were part of it last year. I mean, the guy reminds me of Stanley from The Office. It's just grumpy. <laughs> Dusty Baker spent... Four seasons with the Cubs, 10 seasons with the Giants, six seasons with the Reds, two years with the Nationals. Yeah, they're screwed. If they go each to, team to the postseason. Yeah, but they should be banned from the postseason this year. Hey, we forgot to do roll call. Gosh dang it, man. Eric, roll call. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Eric is here. Adam and Gabby, the interns, are here. I'm here. Are you here? Text in 435-339-0321. You listening? Where are you listening from? Let us know. Say hi. Thanks for joining class. Uh, Eric, we got our movie quiz today. I'm excited. I am actually, I've been working on my voice, too, because I've got a lot of different roles. Do you have I voices? Fill in here. Different voices? Different characters? Yeah, I've got a lot of different voices. This might be the most talented movie quiz we have ever done in full court press history. And Gabby, the intern, was actually helping me out, you know, check, look at some movies and some ideas. Um, I did a lot of the rated R ones already, so that one, it was kind of coming down to the wire. So we only have a few left. But this one's going to be good. I'll be kind of surprised if you get it. Halfway surprised if you get it. See, you know what Glory Road was. I don't think you'll know what this one is. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, Can't believe Matthew McConaughey. He actually did a really... He looked good in that movie. Matthew McConaughey was not in... All right, all right, all right. Yeah. No, he was not. All right, all right. I gotta work on that voice. All right, all right, all right. There we go. Movie quiz is coming up. I can't wait. Uh, We also got the recap of what happened last night in Laramie. Yeah. Utah State in a late game Mm -hmm. against the Cowboys. Rough, sloppy first half. Really bad first half. Very different second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Aggies now turn their attention to the Aztecs. Uh, Utah Jazz are in action tonight. Um, you just get you ready for the Jazz game in San Antonio. Ready for a loss. Jimbo Redding says, maybe if Donovan and Rudy have a good game tonight, you could yell, the All-Stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> I don't know, just a thought. Has he given it dramatic yet? <laughs> no. Dang not, it. Not yet. That's what I always look forward yeah, that's, to. It's coming. Hey, in, did sure. you know that Dusty Baker starred in Angels in the Outfield? As the manager for the Angels? 
No, he didn't. That was Danny Glover. No, that was no, that was Dusty. Yeah, I was Dusty, all right. I mean, they both look alike. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Playing patty cake? Slapping tickle? <laughs> Full court press. <laughs> I just was wondering. Uh, I'm, I, you like place all these demands on me, what you need to get ready. No, it is part of our show. For you. Okay, we want to give our listeners the very best of the best of the best. Sir. <laughs> uh, Eric, by the way, I uh, have now... I was watching Gotham the other night, right? That show about like young Batman, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, really really good show. I used to and, watch that show. Oh, it was. Uh, did you stop? Yeah, I stopped. Why? I don't know. Too gory for you? Scary? It was too scary. We get nightmares? No. Oh, I mean, it could give you nightmares. I mean, it was pretty scary stuff, but it was good. Anyways, I was watching, and Selena Kyle, right, Catwoman, mm-hmm. right? So I was watching it, and that Catwoman. Sounds just like Gav the Intern. It was weird. It kind of creeped me out, okay? Speaking of scary stuff. Like, yeah. So, I've been calling her cat. Oh, yeah. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody that, huh? Oh, well, that's uh Oh. Call her Gabby Cat? What? No. No, just cat. Just cat? Just cat. Okay. Like, meow. You know? All right. All right. Are, are you ready for your movie quiz? I am ready. Steady. Ready? You can do it. Is that it? Is that, <laughs> that it? No, that was not. What the fetch was that? You can do it. You can do oh, it. Oh, dude. Okay. You can do it. My gosh. You can do it. <laughs> We're losing listeners for every time you play that. Uh, Name that sports movie. Oh, dude, easily. Waterboy. They're sitting in the uh, the little area where. Uh, uh, what was it? Isn't it? Isn't it where? Um, Bobby he says Boucher it a lot of different called times, out. actually. He says it Is multiple he? times throughout the movie. When Bobby Boucher gets called out by uh, the quarterback or something like that because he gets kicked off the team for some reason or because he didn't go to school or something like that. School is for the devil, as Mama Joe says. <laughs> so playing that foosball. Playing the foosball. Dude, she's a freaking heck of an actor. Oh, it is time. <clears throat> Hold on. And now... Standing at five foot two, weighing 165, soaking wet in a swimsuit, is the Brown Mamba in your future presentation. The movie quiz. Okay. You ready? <laughs> I'm not ready. Hold on. <clears throat> anyway, listen to the roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. Few claps. Two cheers. Yes, sir. They love this club in Cleveland. Just reminder, just reminder about diehard fans night coming up here at the stadium. Free admission to anyone who was alive the last time the Indians won a pennant. <laughs> Here's the thrill of defeat, Charlie. 
Kellner delivers. Here's a swing and a high fly ball to center field. Hayes under it. Hey, makes a basket-style catch. Willie May style, and the side is retired. All right. Well done. Man, look out there. Great. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again. All right, let's go out. Let's get it going. Let's go out. Please tell me there's more. <laughs> Bottom of the first, Willie Mays to lead it off for the wing warmers. A lot of people say you can tell how the season is going to go by the first hitter of the year. Rooster into the wine and comes to the plate. Hey, here's a hot shot to the hole. Rudy knocks it down, fires the first. It's light. Ace beats it. Give Rudy a credit for sacrificing his body on that racket. That guy's a family to think about. So Hayes becomes the first Indian in 15 years to lead off the season with a hit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, little Bob Euchre. You really, you, you really knocked the crap out of that one. Oh, I plan on getting a double out of this. About 100 of these gloves. One for every base I'm going to steal. Well, maybe things will turn around a little for the Indians this year. Excuse me. I gotta take my first step towards the Hall of Fame. We don't know where Harry's played last year, but I'm sure he did a hell of a job. Brewster from the stretch. Hayes with a big lead. Hey, you look real sharp, but it's hard to steal second with your shoe untied. Quick move to first. He got him. Hayes is picked off. Well, so much for that, personally. I think we got hose on the call. <laughs> Movie? Major League. Which one? Uh, One. Yes. First. Yes. Do you love the audio? Yeah, there's some good Bob Euchre in there. Yes. Here we go. This That's a great show. Lots of... Uh, Kids don't watch it. Yeah, lots of inappropriate stuff for small children. And uh, <laughs> racist things and how the Cleveland Indians <laughs> used, and fans used to dress. But here it is. This clip from uh, Major League. I think I added out the bad anyway, words. Anyway, listen to the roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. Yes, sir. They love this club here in Cleveland. Just a reminder, fans, about Die Hard Night coming up here at the stadium. Free admission to anyone who was actually alive the last time the Indians won a pennant. Here's to the thrill of defeat, Charlie. Kellner delivers. Here's a swing and a high fly ball to center field. Hayes under it. Hey, makes a basket catch. Willie Mays style. And the side is retired. All right, well, look out there. Okay. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever do it again. All right, let's go. Let's get it going. Go. Bottom of the first, and Willie Mays Hayes to lead it off for the Wigwamers. A lot of people say you can tell how the season's going to go by the first hitter of the year. Brewster into the wind and comes to the plate. Oops. Hey, here's a hot shot toward the hole. Rudy knocks it down, fires the first. Late Hayes beat it. Hey, give Rudy a credit for sacrificing his body on that racket. That guy's got a family to think about. So Hayes becomes the first Indian in 15 years to lead off the season with a hit. Really knocked the crap out of that one. Well, I plan to get at least a double out of this. I bought a hundred of these. One for every base I'm going to steal. Well, maybe things will turn around a little for the Indians this year. Number seven, catcher, Jake Taylor. Excuse me. Got to take my first step toward the Hall of Fame. 
We don't know where Hayes played last year, but I'm sure he did a hell of a job. Brewster ready from the stretch. Hayes with a good lead. Look real sharp, but it's hard to steal second base with your shoe untied. Quick move to first. He got him. Hayes is picked off. <laughs> well, so much for that. Personally, I think we got hosed on that. About this is that uh, the uh, when they gave the opening script, right? They asked Bobby Uric to come in, and they uh, they had him read off some stuff, and he looked at it, and it didn't look right in his opinion. So they uh, they look at it again, and then he looks at it, and he actually gets a sharpie and crosses everything out like the next three sets of lines, and he does it on his own by just looking straight at the players playing, and it was so good that they said, you know what, give us a script. They treaded it and said, you're on your own. So he called it really? all ad lib. Yeah, the whole entire I didn't thing know that. is all him. Like in Major League Two, when, so when he came back, they didn't give him a script. They said, just call it. So like the whole like, humiliator, terminator, the whole thing, like ball 84 outside, all him. All entirely clear-cut him. He's one of the best. Dude, he's incredible. When Have you and, ever heard, like, just listen to him call a normal game? Yeah, I was just going to say. It wasn't in a movie. Yeah, him and uh, Bob Costas actually uh, took over a uh, Detroit Tigers-White Sox game in 2012, dude, it was comical. Like, Bob Cost is just like, I mean, he just quit calling the game because Bob Euchre was taking over, and, oh, you should go listen to that. It's it's so good. So, yeah, and he he's actually called a couple of Milwaukee Brewers games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think, wasn't that his home team? Yeah. I think yeah. that was the team that he normally would call. So, um, yeah, Bob Euchre wanted, he made that show really, really. And you know who who's a really underrated character on that show? It's the freaking three guys sitting in like behind the center field fence or left field fence, um, and like they had like the bandwagon guy, right? The one who's all like, yeah, yeah and, and then like by mid season, he's all like, oh, we're gonna blow it again, you know, in the ninth. Yeah, th- those three guys were really, really good. What was the one where like a home runs hit, and he's like, it's too high, it's too high, and he goes like over the like over the park or whatever, and they're like, what do you mean it's too high? Goes, yeah, it's too high, like the wind. Anyways, I freaking love that. I need to go home and watch that now. Kids, don't watch that, please. Um, in fact, a lot of the movies that we choose here, you you are not allowed to watch. <laughs> Most of them are pretty safe. Yeah. Come well, on. well. Most of them are safe. I think we've grown out of eight rated R movies now. Actually, I think we're at least we're pretty close. Gabby's been keeping track for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Major League. When did that come out? Nineteen. Oh, sh- late eighties. Yeah, late eighties because they did Major League Two in ninety two. And then Major League back to the minors wasn't until like late nineties. And they went to they picked up the the bees right? The yeah, buzz. so yeah, it was Salt a buzz, buzz, right? Yep. And then uh, and but their triple affiliate team or no, sorry, their Major League affiliate team was the Minnesota Twins, which by by the way, playing back then at first base was David Ortiz at the time. So, anyways, yeah, the Major League back to my which actually was a pretty good show. wasn't that bad. I thought they actually did a really good job with that one. I never saw that one. You never did? No, I never saw the third Not one. as funny as one and two, but still pretty dang good. Hmm. More classic baseball than anything. So, yeah, nice job. Proud of you. That was a tough one. You had a lot of different voices you had to try to Dude, incorporate there. I was practicing inside the office for like 30 minutes with Gabby and Adam. And we were just trying to make sure we hit the right notes. Um, you know, give spacing for the lines. You know what we should do next time? if. If Gabby and uh, Adam are are here in the the four o'clock hour next Wednesday, we should all play parts. Everybody gets okay. a role. No, don't you try to try to get yourself out of this. You still have a movie quiz to do, young man. Okay, <laughs> we'll work on it together. 
oh, maybe we'll team up. Yeah. Oh, movie quiz challenge. Two on two. Two on two. Yeah, that's good. That's, that would, oh, yeah, we'd kill it. It's kind of like a final exam. Wait, who do I get? Gabby or Adam? Final, the final uh, project before you finish your uh, internship. Yeah, that's the only way they can pass. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way we sign off. Yeah, if they did their work. Depending on how their acting skills, if they care, if they try. Wait, wait, but do you get Abby or do you get Gab? Or Abby? <laughs> do you get? <laughs> do I get Gabby or do you get? Or do I get Gabby? Booties. You know, it's just all the whole thing today. Um. We may or may not have been looking at boots today. Um, anyway, yeah, do you get Adam or do you get Gabby? We'll have to figure out a, a way because to this. Decide. I mean, I need to think this through. We'll have a draft. A draft. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get the whole office involved. We're gonna get Rod in it. Rod would be a great voice in it. Rod could be the narrator. Oh, that's so good. Don't you dare steal my idea. Uh, okay. Thanks, IJ. I got to go. Movie quiz. I miss you. Very good. All right. Coming up next year in the full court press, uh, again, things we want to recap the Utah State win at Wyoming last night, a late game in Laramie. How did it go? What happened, uh, for the Aggies? Also, we want to look at, uh, preview Utah Jazz are on the road tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Speaking of the NBA, the trade deadline is coming up. It's, uh, Wow, it's coming up on November, excuse me, November, February 6th. Yeah. It's not that far away, no. actually. And then uh, looking at some bracketology, we, we kind of mentioned this earlier, um, maybe not so much about Utah State, where they are, because I think they still have some work to do, even though Jerry Palm thinks that they'll be an at-large consideration. <laughs> but uh, what about their opponents? Other teams that Utah State plays, uh, where are they in the brackets? And uh, what's the latest net rankings after Utah State got that win last night? So we'll update you all on that coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson with you here on a Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. And if you're streaming online, 1069thefan.com. AJ had to step away. He'll be gone for the rest of the show. Maybe he'll be shopping for booties. I don't know. It was really weird. A uh, couple of things just to touch on real quickly. Um, we had the Utah State game last night. It was a late game in Laramie. We'll update you on what happened there. Uh, what went well, maybe what didn't go great for Utah State. Utah Jazz are on the road tonight, taking on the San Antonio Spurs. The uh, NFL is getting ready for the Super Bowl this weekend. A couple different things about that that we'll get into. Roger Goodell held a press conference, his usual annual press conference ahead of the Super Bowl. Had some interesting things to say about a variety of different topics, so we'll hear from him and uh, some other things that he, that he touched on. And then one of the things that's always interesting about Super Bowl time is the different like prop bets that you can do. Basically, you can, you can wager on so many stupid things when it comes to the Super Bowl, like how long is the national anthem going to go? Uh, 
Who's get, is it going to be heads or tails? Uh, what's going to be the first song that Jennifer Lopez will perform? I mean, it gets pretty ridiculous. So uh, there's a full line of uh, some of the ones about uh, about the halftime show. Well, we'll get into some of that and some of the uh, silly things that are going on. Not to encourage gambling, but just some of the silly things that are out there that uh, some people are wagering uh, their money on to try to predict what might happen. So anyways, this Super Bowl could be a very interesting one. Two really good teams. Um, a lot of talent on both sides. And I think it's got a lot of people kind of hyped up about it. But it, outside of Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't really have big-name football players that transcend uh, like we've seen in years past. So it'll be very interesting to see what the ratings look like this year. I, I think based on the talent and the coaching that we'll see on the field, that it could be a really, really interesting football game and based on what's happened so far this season. But sometimes for a, a Super Bowl to really transcend to be on just a game, what becomes part of the national discussion, uh, it, it, you need one of those big names, a big personality. Certainly Richard Sherman is a big personality, but is he really a big name that a lot of people talk about outside of football circles? Patrick Mahomes, we're seeing him a little bit more in sponsored uh, sponsorship deals with uh, major companies nationally. You start to see him in commercials a little bit, but certainly not as recognizable as some other NFL players. So uh, I'll be really curious to see what the ratings look like after this weekend uh, because uh, this this Super Bowl does lack a little bit of star power. I think that the, the powers that be are trying to hype it up a little bit more and, and perhaps rightfully so to help us understand that don't follow it too closely, help other people understand that, look, Patrick Mahomes is a very special player. We should be paying very close attention to him. But um, outside of that, though, there aren't a lot of names that uh, those that aren't diehard NFL football fans might really recognize. But um, earlier today, uh, Roger Goodell had his uh, his regular press conference ahead of the Super Bowl, and he touched on a number of different topics, uh, collective bargaining, uh, changes to how coaches are hired, uh, will the schedule change much at all going on in the future? There's been a lot of talk about that, expanding the regular season, trying to get more games in, and he, he, it's interesting to hear what he had to say on that, so stay tuned for that. But he also talked about uh, some of the things going on with the, the Patriots, how they admitted they were filming the uh, Cincinnati Bengals sideline during a game. And he touched on that a little bit. Says that the, the league has a responsibility to all of their institutions, to be fair, to do it right. Uh, we have a responsibility to the fans to understand what happened. And so uh, he says that the, the investigation continues, but he wants to make sure they're doing it right. They're not rushing to judgment. And so uh, anyway, he touched on that a little bit. But one of the things that was interested is, interesting is the, the changes that the NFL may be, um, may be undergoing. Some of that is about uh, you know the, the extent of the season. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of minority hires very much. It doesn't seem to be progressing very much. Uh, you also have uh, a future collective bargaining agreement that's up to be renewed. You have teams kind of moving places. Now you have the Raiders that are officially moving to 
Las Vegas. You have a big stadium in Los Angeles. So anyway, here's some of the comments from Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL. And uh, first, talking about some of the changes that uh, the NFL is starting to look at for the future. We've already begun engaging in those changes, uh, not just with our diversity committee, not just with the Fritz Pollard Alliance, uh, but others, and trying to figure out what steps we can take next that would lead to better outcomes. And it's clear we're all committed to doing that. Now, that's uh, some of those changes that he's referring to are more specifically to the coaching uh, practices. You know, there we only have a handful of minority coaches. Ron Rivera uh, is one of those. Mike Tomlin at the Steelers, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Anthony Lynn. Um, so there's just only a handful of of coaches. Now there's the Rooney Rule, which referred to as the Rooney Rule, that is basically requiring uh, NFL teams if they want to if they have a head coaching vacancy or a general manager vacancy that they need to go and interview at least one minority to uh, to be in consideration for that position. And it's been in place for quite some time, but Roger Goodell is a little concerned that it's not yielding as much progress as he would hope. So that's why they're talking about uh, some of those changes that, uh, that may be considered. Uh, one of those other ones, other changes that they're talking about, expanding the regular season from 16 games to 17 games. And he referred to it as a restructuring. Didn't say that they're adding games. He just kept referring to it as the season would not be expanded but restructured. So what does that really mean? A little unsure exactly what that means. Could be uh, uh, one less preseason game, and it could be more regular season games. I don't think they're going to extend it any later than they normally do already. So there's still some question about uh, what that might mean. Um, but he did say this. He says, we believe we have made the game safer. We've made it better. And we believe that we can restructure the seasons in a way that will be smart for the future of the game. So part of that is what's going on with the collective bargaining agreement. Players have to agree. Uh, they're putting their bodies at risk. More games have certainly more injury potential. Um, and so that uh, it is something that they are talking about. They are considering. And... Uh, whether that means fewer preseason games, um, probably the, the time when the games are played from when the preseason starts and the regular season and postseason ends probably won't change, but adding an additional game could be in the works. Um, he also talked about the um, uh, the what uh, the possibility of getting a franchise, an NFL team outside of the United States. They keep playing a lot of games in London. Started out as just once a year. Now there's two or three, uh, some even four are on the schedule. to Different teams participate. So could there be an official franchise in London? Roger Goodell weighed in on that today as well. A timeline has not been sent uh, been set in London uh, for a franchise. Um, we have uh, grown incredibly quickly in London, as you know. Uh, the support there has been extraordinary, uh, both the public sector, the private sector, our fans, uh, our clubs. I think we now have 31 of the 32 teams that have been to London. All of them come back raving about the experience. Uh, we, our, we look at our job is to make sure that London can continue to grow and we can continue to, to 
to build on the fans that we have now, and, and that's something that is our number one priority. Our second priority would be could we have a franchise-ready market. Uh, as you know, we played in a new stadium in Tottenham this year. It was a great experience for the four clubs that played there. Um, I was at an attendance in one of those. It was terrific. We also have Wembley Stadium. So the flexibility of scheduling with uh, two stadiums has been a huge plus for us. Uh, but I think we still have to get back to the point of uh, can we do it in a competitive way? Can we, can we do it so that all teams, all 32 teams, not just the team, if there was a team in London, can be done in a competitive fashion? That's number one for us. Interesting. I, I think that uh, I, I'm, I'm torn, to be honest, about the idea of an NFL franchise in London. Uh, you can see that it's working out quite well, that, that the fan base is growing, that the appetite for the NFL in the U.K. is growing, that they're having good responses when they are there. But travel is an issue that you can't overlook. If you're based in London, how are you going to play a game against the 49ers? How are the Seattle Seahawks going to be excited about a game in London? You already have to travel all the way across the country to play some of the other teams in your league. Now you have to add on another five hours on your flight, six hours, or whatever it is. So unless or until the the speed of travel across the pond increases, then I think that there is going to be a real, real challenge for the NFL to place a permanent team in London. Perhaps what they could do is extend the scheduling agreement with these stadiums and say, we will have more games here, but we're not going to have a permanent team here, if that makes sense. So we'll have a permanent neutral site place in part of the regular season, and teams will rotate through. Maybe each team has uh, one game in London every five years or something like that. I don't know, six years. Uh, And they just keep rotating teams through. I guess you'd have to have more than that, but... But um, anyway, you have a basically a regular season in London, but there's no permanent team that resides there. Maybe that's an option. Uh, I just think it would be hard for a team to be based in London uh, with all the travel considerations. Certainly, I think you'd have to arrange schedules that a bye week follows that game or is before that game every time. But, I mean, just look at the University of Hawaii and the challenges they have playing anywhere beyond the West Coast. Uh, And it gets uh, really expensive and and really difficult for the student-athletes and for the coaches and everybody just because of the travel that's involved to do that on a regular basis. So anyway, it's interesting. I think that they're continuing to consider it and talk about it. And I I think there's potential. I think they should be looking at growth opportunities. Why not? I mean, it's it's been huge in the, in America, and there's opportunities to grow the sport outside of the United States. Uh, that's why they're having games in Mexico City. That's why they continue to have games in London um, and, and make it more of a global sport. Anyway, so those some of the things from Roger Goodell in his press conference today. Uh, before we take a break, just a quick announcement. Uh, Logan City, they've reopened uh, Highway 8991. There was a pretty bad accident. Two-vehicle crash there. Uh, and it shut down 8991 for a while. Apparently, northbound traffic has now been reopened after a two-vehicle crash there. So just pass that along. If you are heading north, uh, Highway 8991 on the south end of town has been reopened. 
All right, uh, coming up on the Full Court Press, some more about the Roger Goodell and the NFL. And then next hour, we'll get into Utah State's win at Wyoming and preview Utah Jazz at the San Antonio Spurs. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs square off in Super Bowl 54. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew from Miami for all the action. The Chiefs are in the big game for the first time in 50 years. Can they bring the title home to Kansas City? Or will the Niners take a sixth Lombardi trophy back to San Francisco? Tune in to find out. If it's Super Bowl 54, it's right here. It all starts at 3 o'clock with pregame and then kickoff at 4.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. You can feel the excitement. Um, You can see the excitement by the stadium. Uh, It's a great facility. I've had a chance to to be through it on several occasions in the last several months. Uh, I think it's going to be great for the community. Uh, I think we're going to be great for the community. Uh, and I think the community is going to be great for us. That's Roger Goodell earlier today talking about the NFL expanding to Las Vegas, talking about expansion. or I guess it's not really expansion. It's more movement because it's not a new team. But uh, he also talked about the new stadium that's nearing completion in Los Angeles that will house both the Chargers and and the Rams, that's an incredible facility as well. So uh, the NFL certainly doing well for itself, and a lot of excitement in Las Vegas and even Southern Utah. Folks can uh, make it to an NFL game just a short drive to Las Vegas. So it's interesting to see what the NFL is doing. Coming up next hour, we'll get into the Utah Jazz and the Utah State Aggies. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Like any league, the NBA is typically pretty slow-moving. If players want to change uniform numbers, they have to wait until next season. But when it comes to honoring Kobe Bryant, those rules are out the window. The league is letting players with number 8 and 24 change immediately if they want to. And those are magic numbers for players, like Michael Jordan's 23. It's been remarkable to watch the outpouring of affection for Kobe in the league. So many young players pointed to him as their hero, and so many credited Kobe for helping them improve their game. While they compete on the court, there's a brotherhood amongst the players, and that's been on full display this week. It will be interesting to see how the league honors Kobe in the coming days and weeks. The first Lakers home game is coming up on Friday, and then the All-Star game. But this is just the beginning. Kobe's gone, but he'll never be forgotten by anyone who loves the NBA. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.